Tiger fans, Happy New Year. Now, I know I'm a little late, but uh, we're still going to celebrate the start of a new year. It's 2024, and of course, uh, LSU athletics in full swing and all kinds of sports as we head towards the spring. Um, and uh, welcome back to uh, Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. It's great to be back with the illustrious Kent Lowe, Harrison Valentine, fresh off of uh, a little holiday break, but uh, all of us doing a little bit of work. And obviously, Kent, as you well know, uh, having been in this business for a little while, uh, you don't get a whole lot of time down uh, for the holidays because we like to play games, uh, you know, uh, around Christmas. Um, but this year, thankfully, the SEC moved the start of conference play till after the new year. So there was a little bit of a break. How'd you do? Uh, I'm still trying to remember that break. Uh, but anyway, no, it's uh, been a good holiday. Uh, Tigers uh, certainly uh, looking uh, better looking uh kind of a new look with uh jalen cook uh getting the uh, eligibility reprieve so to speak and the tigers off to a good start to the new year with the win over a and m on the road this past saturday in bryan college station yeah it was really a great weekend all the way around lsu gymnastics opened up their season on friday night uh, ranked opponent uh, coming in in Ohio State and uh, really just some very similar Kent to last year where there was a little bit of adversity uh, throughout the season. I thought that, that the team did a great job. Watched them meet from our hotel room in, in uh, College Station. I thought they did a good job overcoming some adversity during that match itself. Uh, women's basketball, by the way, off to a 2-0 start in SEC play. And as Kent mentioned, uh, Matt McMahon and company 1-0 with a, a big win on the road against Texas A&M. Let's talk about gymnastics a little bit. Look great on television, as it always does inside the Marriott Center. Uh, a raucous crowd, exciting crowd, and, and the Tigers didn't disappoint. No, they really didn't. And uh, I think uh, Jay Clark has to be excited about how that meet went. Uh, had to count uh, a, a lower score on the beam because of a couple of uh, miscues, but came back on the floor and executed very well. And I think uh, they're off and ready to go this weekend. This is a big meet this weekend. Uh, ESPN and ABC has put together this three quad meets over, I think, either two days or three days i don't remember if they're two meets on saturday or whatever but lsu's in a group with all the semifinalists from last year's last four on the the floor and uh this will be in utah teams leaving on tuesday as we tape this uh to get out there get ready for this big meet that'll be on abc this weekend and just a really good test early on in the season. And, and as we've discussed here, and Jay Clark has discussed here, it's sometimes not necessarily winning or losing. It's scores you get. This will be a great chance to get a, a good score on a neutral site uh, to help the regional ranking. And uh, I think this is a great uh, start to their season with what they did against Ohio State and what will happen this weekend, and then they'll come back home for some SEC meets. Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, shows you the, the growth of the sport 
um, because I liken the meet this weekend to what you see in college football with the kickoff classics. Obviously, for a number of years, you've seen them, some great matchups and tournaments, early season tournaments in college basketball for both men and women. So, uh, again, this is kind of a, a heavyweight bout right out of the gate for 2024. Speaking of uh, women's basketball, um, the Tigers 15-1, uh, and one, as I mentioned, 2-0 and oh in SEC play. Uh, got a solid win over Missouri and then uh, just kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter on the road against Ole Miss this past weekend in Oxford. Um, and I can't figure out, Kent, if the, if the AP is just simply trying to keep that chip on the shoulder of LSU. But what is it now? Seven, eight, nine Not weeks at number seven. Now. <laughs> um, so, again, but, you know, I think Coach Mulkey and the team probably taking it in stride that none of that matters. The ranking doesn't matter. You just keep winning games. And, and like last year, eventually when you win the last game, uh, you're the national champion. But, uh, again, off to a great start in conference play. Well, they're f- they've won 14 straight. I mean, uh, I think that says all you need to – to know about this team and uh yeah it is amazing that when you put together the number of voters that are involved in an ap poll that you end up with ending up in the same spot week after week after week i mean it just doesn't happen very often and so it's been very interesting to see we're a couple of weeks away from what will be the big game against South Carolina in the regular season here on uh, Thursday night? Uh, I believe the 20th is the date in the uh, Maravich Center against South Carolina. But still basketball to be played before then. Thursday night against A&M is the next opponent and uh, just need to keep playing well and winning games. Again, uh, Michaela Williams, second time honored as SEC Freshman of the Week, and and she's one of the top scorers in the league, one of the top shooters in the league, uh, and a big part uh, of the success so far, uh, along with the other cast of characters for uh, LSU women's basketball. Kent mentioned it in the outset, um, LSU men's basketball, three-game win streak. Really, uh, you know, people said to me, well, you got to win – uh, those last two wins, you know, how important were they considering who you were playing, strength of competition? I kept thinking, Kent, just the eye test alone, watching LSU and how they played and how the turnovers started to drop, how the transition offense started to pick up a little bit. And again, with the addition of Jalen Cook, I think that makes all the difference in the world because this is an LSU team that's one of the best stealing teams in the country. In fact, I think fourth or fifth in the country in steals per possession. Problem was, They'd get a turnover, but then they'd turn it back over yeah. early in the shot clock. Now that you have kind of the straw stirring the drink in Jalen Cook, uh, now not only are you still getting those turnovers, you're starting to turn those into points at the other end. Well, Chris, it's uh, just a different look out there. The offense is more balanced. There's more passing. Things are more spread out. It's more functional with – Jalen Cook and Jordan Wright kind of leading the charge out there. Will Baker, Hunter Dean off the bench has been very good for LSU uh, over the last several games. He kind of earned all those minutes when Damian Cook got hurt, or Damian Collins, pardon me, got hurt and has taken full advantage of it. And it's just been a really good blend right now of what this team can do. So, I mean, it's just a case of now 
advancing it forward and well, again, making it happen again i think uh, to your point it, uh, you know jalen has has taken some pressure off the other guys in the backcourt which i think has allowed them jordan wright uh, Carlos Stewart and even Mike Williams, who was SEC Freshman of the Week last week, uh, to, to not have all that pressure. So, again, I think, as you said, the flow of the team, so much better. They went and out-physical Texas A&M on their home floor, getting the win this past weekend to move to 1-0. and um, and uh, they'll be uh, on the road this coming Saturday. It'll be another tough test. As uh, Auburn riding high right now, they'll take on Auburn coming up Saturday. Um, you know, we talked about gymnastics and men and women's basketball, but we are, as we record, 38 days away from first pitch of the national champion, the reigning champion, LSU baseball uh, season here in 2024. So before all that gets cranked up, and uh, he really gets into season mode. We got a special guest, head coach Jay Johnson. He's going to join us after this quick break here on Play by Play. Welcome back, everybody, on this week's Play by Play podcast presented by our friends at The Advocate. As we told you, we're right in the thick of things as the calendar year turns. And of course, as LSU, every LSU fan knows, uh, we're less than 40 days away from first pitch for the reigning national champs, your LSU Fighting Tiger baseball team. And we're thrilled to have on the show for a second time uh, head coach Jay Johnson. Jay, uh, congratulations again. I know I've told you that a bunch. Uh, but congratulations. I know you guys have been hard at work and uh, hard to believe not too long we'll be uh, throwing out that first pitch. Yeah, thank you again and great to see you guys and uh, 2023 special year and very proud of that team and what it accomplished and really excited to get into 2024. You know, I, I, I've been around you enough and uh, what I admire a lot is your, your relentless work ethic. Um, and and the, to have the systems in place. And one of the things I was thinking about this morning, uh, we had our preseason baseball meeting, and as everybody was putting all the pieces together and making sure that everything's ready to go, I started thinking, for you as a coach, how do you ride that fine line between, okay, these are the cornerstones of what we do, but we also need to evolve as a team, as coaches, as players every single year. Is that, is that hard to balance or, or have you find kind of a comfort zone and doing both? Because I know being around you guys, you're constantly looking for new and, and, and you know, the latest technology, but you still have kind of those same foundational tenets. Yeah, 100%. I really try to organize it for myself, uh, for the program as a whole, and then for each team each year for me i have a process like i have to follow like i have to stay in tune with to positively impact the players and the team and the program as best i can as the leader for the program uh there's some things that won't change you know we're always going to be about being fundamentally sound incredibly competitive and and have athletes that are high character you know and then make really good decisions and then for each team we try to kind of script out a path that's going to be unique for them you know last year you know, being selfless was incredibly important. You know, number one recruiting class, a lot of returning players, number one transfer portal class. There wasn't going to be enough innings and at-bats for everybody. And our team, I mean, they were the definition, uh, you know, of that. Uh, you know, mindset is something that's always going to be there for every team in, in baseball because of the nature of the game. Last year we had to be really uh, deliberate about how we were going to attack, like, all of the expectations and, and keep the focus on – you know, the main thing, you know, this year, there'll be some things that are a little bit different, you know, selfless will mean something completely different. You know, it can't be, Hey, we won our championship. Now the player just goes out there and, and tries to get 
get theirs. Um, there's a lot of things we want to emulate from last year. Uh, but one of the most important things that this team will need to do will be to forget about 2023. And the reason that's important is because our whole deal is built around being focused on the, on the present and like what's important, like right here and right now. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, uh, I was going through, uh, social media, you know, as I, as we all tend to do. And a couple of days ago, I keep seeing these pictures of, of coach Johnson. He's up on the stage and I'm like, and, and I've got a lot of friends who are in the coaching business, baseball coaching business, and they're all there and they're talking about, Hey, great to hear coach Johnson. And, and one of the things that you've said to me on, on our weekly radio show, and I know you've talked about a lot is when W I N what's important now. Um, first of all, how was it to speak to the American Baseball Coaches Association? That had to be a thrill. Yeah, it's, it's an honor. I mean, if you win the national championship, you're the first speaker. And so I hope to get that duty another yeah. time or two. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I walked out there and there's 8,000 people in the room. And so I was like, well, I could focus on a, a lot of people in here or I could just start talking. So I just started talking and... And we kind of, you know, it was cool. It was just kind of itemizing, you know, last year's journey, you know, with some of these things that we're, we're talking about right now. And somebody asked me, like, do you have to prepare for that? It's like maybe a little bit, but it, it was very authentic. And, like, what our team was is, you know, the, the points that I tried to hit on and that process or path that we follow, um, it's, it's how we roll you know, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah, I saw some video clips, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, I heard you speaking to these coaches, and I think that I've heard Coach say that to me in certain situations, asking about a game or a player or whatever the case may be. Although I will give you kudos on your PowerPoint. That looked pretty sharp. I, I don't know how long that took you to yeah, put together. I definitely but. had some help. <laughs> um, you know, when you have a former PE major that uh, had a very, I'll call it below average score on the SAT way many years ago you need help with powerpoint presentation hey man <laughs> i wanted to go back to what's important now and then and and then we'll move ahead uh and, and get away from the 2023 season and focus on what's coming up um but what's important now i i don't know if it's been more embodied and i'd like your opinion on it than how the guys responded in omaha in that championship series after uh, game two um and I remember seeing the guys in the hotel as we were coming back, and, and I was amazed. And here I am, nearly 50 years old, and these 18 to 22-year-olds looked a lot more confident than I was yeah. going back to the hotel. But I, I think a lot of that shows that that message certainly got to those young guys. Yeah, 100%. And what was good about it is we had been there before. And what I mean by that is – we talked about this thought of we have to have a failure recovery strategy throughout the year. Um, we're the number one team for 12 or 13 weeks. That's a remarkable run of consistency. And then we had a little bit of a speed bump toward the end of the season, the SEC tournament, which, you know, the players didn't really know at the time, but that was my fault. I took Paul Skeens out. I took Ty Floyd out. I didn't play Tommy White. Like, if you look back, those results could have been very different in Hoover had I not made some decisions that I thought would benefit us down the road, but we had to overcome that. You know, we weren't playing our best baseball per se there, but we owned it, accepted it. You know, Coach Burtman's old technique, we've sort of flushed it. <laughs> but then the important thing when we left Hoover, it's like, hey, when we get on the bus to go home tomorrow morning, we got to reconnect to right now and what we need to do. And my favorite time of the entire season last year was the regional and super regional. We played as good a baseball yeah. for those two weeks as you possibly could. So we showed an ability to do that. 
we lost a real tough game to Wake Forest, you know, in the winner's bracket, 3-2. Good game. Nothing other than a really good baseball game that we came up short in. We recovered from it and then won three in a row. So, I mean, the the bludgeoning or the score of 24-4 to <laughs> maybe made it feel like the world was crashing, but we'd already done what we needed to do, which was, hey, we, we didn't get it done. We owned it. We flushed it. And then we got reconnected to what we needed to do that next night. And, you know, winning the championship was great, but playing that well in a game of that magnitude, that's something I'll always be super proud of. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been a part of, of a team that had that type of swing and then the emotion you could see, even from the press box. I was way yeah. up there, and you could just see it. Uh, and, of course, we've all watched it on social media since. It was uh, it was one heck of a night, Ken. Yeah, exactly. And I felt much better that weekend watching at home because – for some strange reason, there was a major league game that was like 19 to nothing or night on Saturday, and then on Sunday the other team won like 10 to one. So I'm like, eh, just do like them and come out the yeah. next night and, and make it happen. Uh, I'm curious, did you do you have to say much to these guys to say? Forget last year. This is your team. This is your time and don't keep trying to compare last year to this year yeah. as you move forward. Yeah, I think that's part of, you know, the forgetting it is only to not distract you from the task at hand. And that's like our deal is right here, right now, present moment focus. Um, and, and it's so foundational in, in who we are. So it's not to disrespect that. That team should be remembered, should be celebrated. And there's appropriate times to do that, and we've done that. But whether it's thinking about last year or thinking about the future, you know, both past success, failure, I mean, those are all distractions to what you need to do right now. So it's really in that light. There's certain things we definitely want to emulate that we learned that will help carry forward and will be help us be successful this year just as it did last year. But this is a new opportunity, and uh, you don't want to waste – failures we want to learn from failures you don't want to waste successes to help prepare you for what's forward but this opportunity if we're going to be successful it requires our undivided attention let's talk if if we could just i was looking at the schedule your scheduling philosophy you got a couple of weekends here where you're playing more than one team which is hasn't been done here a lot in the past but you do it the first two weeks and then i think kind of like last year although you're going on the road for a game and you're going to the neutral site for uh three games i is that kind of the the idea to get to play as much as you can early so you can see what you got see what different players you can put into different spots along the way the first few weeks yeah scheduling is tricky <laughs> I mean, you know, i'm sure <laughs> it's really tricky and some of it um not some of it all of it is done by design i think you know at home if you're playing multiple teams in a weekend two things if you end up with a bad opponent like that has a tough year it doesn't crush your RPI nearly as badly gotcha. as if you play one team. I also like the fact that it emulates an NCAA regional where mm -hmm. you're going to have more than one opponent on a weekend. It taxes the coaching staff a little bit because you're preparing for multiple teams. Well, that's 
the regional, and that is the bracket in Omaha. I think um, so. There's some benefits to that as far as the the Houston trip. We're going to recruit really well in there. I mean, two of our best recruits that we just signed um, for next year, you know, Casey Evans and Kate Aaron Beatty are from Houston, and we made first contact with them when we went to Minute Maid last time, so to speak, in terms of. <laughs> Uh, them getting exposed to you know what LSU baseball draws. I mean, they walk in that stadium there, and there's twenty thousand people or whatever. When we're playing Texas, like that's a pretty cool environment to to be in. So there's a recruiting element of that. Uh, I like getting on the road before we go play an SEC series on the road. I think that's really important. And then when you look at who we're playing, I mean, Texas, I'm sure is a preseason top ten team. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette is a perennial regional team. Texas State is a perennial re- regional team. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And then you come home the weekend before. Uh, I like playing that weekend before SEC play at home because you never know with the schedule. Are you going to open on the road? Um, so I think it'll give us you know, a wide thing of experience, get to see guys in different situations and you know, the league's good. I mean, I think yeah. I counted like there's 10 top 25 teams. And so uh, there's nothing like it. And so you've got to have balance and everything really matters when it comes to schedule. Does it help having that fourth game, so to speak, on the opening two weekends? You know, that was more to make sure we get to 56. Like I always want to schedule 56 because players want to play. And something that's been a different challenge for me coming here is we did not have a Pac-12 tournament when I was at Arizona. So you had 15 weeks to schedule 56 games. Well, now you only have 14. So you have two weeks where you have to play five games. And so um, I just thought early on, guys are excited to play. There's a lot of guys on the mound that we want to see. Um, it's a good opportunity. And, and everybody's excited. I mean, yeah. coming off a national championship, yeah. our fans want to see us yeah, play. Yeah, our crowd, our crowd um, won't mind. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, it's funny. There's some, there's some schools that have tried to get me or tournaments that have tried to get me to go somewhere opening weekend i was like man if i don't play opening weekend at home these people are gonna go nuts <laughs> good call yeah. good call jay, well, is that true <laughs> jay johnson our guest this week and, and coach i know that uh, you're a son of a coach and, and you look to and have probably uh, uh studied a lot of great leaders and great coaches and, and one of the things you hear a lot is uh getting to the top is hard staying at the top is harder and one of the things i've always again admired about you last year hey we're we're lsu and we're preseason number one or we're number one through six weeks 12 weeks 13 weeks we lean into that we don't shy away from that it's not something that well don't we don't want to talk about it is why i'm here it's why these players come here is it different now after winning the title is there anything different you feel from an external or internal thing coming off the title yeah, I think not really. Um, and, and what I, I think about that is is what is relevant. And, and for us, what is relevant is how we prepare, how we train, the uh, brand of baseball that we play, uh, decisions we make to put ourselves in the best position to be successful. What is not relevant is what anybody says about us. And that's not a disrespect to anybody, but whether that could be a writer, uh, a ranking, um, those things have nothing to do with the play unless you let them. And so we're always trying to, what I call, attack the relevant, so to speak. And, um, you know, it might sound crazy, but like not even validate ourselves by our record. It's how we play the game. And I have a lot of peace of mind if we prepare well, 
We stay focused on the relevant. We play with great fundamentals, very competitive, have the right mindset that the results will take care of themselves. And um, that's kind of the how we look at that. I know Tiger fans have heard this since day one. I, I know the day of your press conference when you were hired, the great Ben McDonald said to me, you know, the time that he spent covering you guys uh, in, in the World Series that year at Arizona, he said, I, all I've heard is nobody will outwork Jay Johnson when it comes to recruiting. Uh, I remember when, when Josh was hired, you talked about what he had done at Duke to turn them into a program from a recruiting standpoint. Um, and great coaches, great programs, you're going to have turnover. I mean, people are going to want your assistant coaches Absolutely. because of the success. And uh, I'm looking at uh, this, this team you've assembled from a recruiting standpoint alone uh, with Terry Rooney coming yes. on board, along with Josh and yourself. I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's quite a machine you've put together. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we won a national championship. We had a historic season. We've had two really good seasons so far here. I think uh, I'm a realist, though, in the SEC now has become the moon to college baseball. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing like this um, in terms of the type of competition that we play. And, and the nature of baseball is a lot different than football and basketball. Where in football and basketball, to me, it usually feels like the talent is just going to win out. In baseball, it's not the team with the best players. It's the team that plays the best that day. Well, the better talent you have, the better chance you give yourself to play well. And so I just don't think there's a huge gap between finishing second or third in the SEC or finishing 12th or 13th. And so to give ourselves the best chance from a talent standpoint – you have to have coaches that can really recruit and really develop. And whether you're talking about Josh Jordan, Nate Yeski, Mark Wanaka, Terry Rooney, Brent Herring, our new director of operations. I mean, he was the recruiting coordinator at BYU last year. So um, really great staff. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun to, to get that group together. And uh, I hope that I can keep uh, some of them around a little longer. Uh, the joke... <laughs> The joke going around is either I'm either great to work for because I help you get a job or I'm horrible to work for and you can't get out of here fast enough. <laughs> oh, Jay Johnson, our guest here, I certainly think is the former, not the latter. Yeah. Kent, before we, uh, in our final moments, talk about uh, a little preview of this year's team. Coach, I, I, I just am interested. LSU baseball, uh, thanks to Skip Burtman and, and, and Paul Maneri, uh, and now yourself, I, I mean, it's, it's college baseball. Uh, I mean, when people think about it, they think LSU. Have you noticed, if it's possible, a different um, where you go, see people, hear from people, people want to talk to you, players want to come? Is there a difference after you win the title in 2023 as opposed to how big LSU baseball was? Because it felt to me in Omaha that everybody in the country knew LSU baseball, just the way it all played out. Yeah, I think, and, and you mentioned uh, the great coaches, Coach Bertman, Coach Maneri. Uh, Coach Laval went to Omaha twice. Um, yep. You know, the great players, you know, Ben McDonald, Todd Walker, uh, Ryan Terrio. I mean, I don't want to leave Alex Bregman, Nola, <laughs> LeMayhew. Like, I don't want to leave anybody out or hurt any feelings because there's been so many of them. And and seeing the, the alums and, and Coach Bertman and Coach Maneri certainly get behind us the way they have is is really awesome. I think – you know, for me, you know, winning that national championship was super important. I'm like, this is my entire life. Like, the, 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 my entire life revolves around being in the College World Series. And um, so to show up, it, and I will say this, it was an entirely different experience 
being there with that monster of an army of fans behind <laughs> us. That's something I'll never forget the rest of my life. I remember one time we went to uh, Omaha, Arizona. I like saw all these LSU fans and flag. I was like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure they got eliminated and they're not here. <laughs> yeah, they're um, not here, are yeah, they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, that was special. And, um, you know, I tell people, you know, the – the two greatest moments of my entire life was when the ball went over the fence when Tommy hit the home run against Wake Forest and then walking back into the hotel after we won the national championship and just seeing how much it means to everybody here. Like, that's really, really special. I don't think it exists anywhere else. No, I would agree no. with you 100%. All right, uh, before we let him go, he's a busy guy, as we said. <laughs> he doesn't want me to remind you, but again, 38 days, still first pitch. Um, you, you mentioned last year really having to be um, – uh, I don't even know what the word to use. Yeah, selective, um, you know, when guys needed to, to be in the lineup and, and how you fed everybody, so to speak. And and while it's different, I, I look at who you have coming back. I, I look at the guys you've added either from the portal or obviously uh, as true freshmen. It, it seems to me there's going to be a similar problem, but that's a great problem to have. Yeah, I think if – and this is just coming off the fall. Um, I think the strength of the team is – clearly on the pitching staff and um that was very intentional um maybe even a little bit of an overcorrection from when we first uh, arrived i felt like that's where the program needed the most upgrading and uh we've done that i mean we, we've recruited about as well as you can you know obviously paul what he did last year was spectacular um but now putting yourself in a position where um it's uh it's gonna be awesome you know handing the ball from one guy to the next um both right-handed left-handed power arms pitchability really excited about that part of it i think the position player group you know it's kind of a unique team you know you have tommy who's you know the best hitter in college baseball when hayden travinsky was healthy and in the lineup he's as dangerous as anybody josh pearson as clutch as anybody down the stretch Paxton, Kling, Jared Jones, those guys got a lot of playing time as freshmen. Brady Neal got a lot of playing time before he got hurt. And then, you know, just adding a few pieces to that. You know, I'm really high on Michael Braswell, who we added from South Carolina. Yeah. You know, Mac Bingham played for me for two years at Arizona. Jake Brown, a very good player. You know, feels like that next guy that's got a chance to get in there right from the start and be a, a really big, big three-year player for us. And then there's depth beyond that. There's a lot of guys that are going to be really good players here that it might take them a little bit to get in there. But um, really excited about the the team and and excited to get to work. I, I know obviously that competition for those innings, uh, both position players and also hitters uh, and pitchers, are all going to be when preseason starts, leading up to to opening day. Um, but but I find it interesting watching some of the scrimmages this past fall at guys who are or, who are battling for those positions, especially uh, with Braswell coming in. That, that he certainly has experience at shortstop, but replacing uh, and finding that middle infield that you want, the outfield positions. I mean, there's I, I have to imagine the competition for the next several weeks is going to be something to watch. Yeah, I think so. I think um, we're not, and this is no slight. This is just how the team was built a little different. Like we would so far over the top on ensuring that we would have a pitching staff that was capable of having the type of team that you want to that um you know maybe in numbers we're not quite as as many guys ready to you know take on the world so to speak and the and the sec schedule but i do think uh there's a formula for our team i think it might look a little bit different uh than it did but uh i think they'll be very clear in their identity of what we need to do 
I think the player improvement amongst the team as it is every year is super important. You know, you know, if you look at last year, the way Cade Beloso improved, you know, yeah. from 2021 to 2023, the way Alex Malazzo improved, you know, Gavin Dugas going from the outfield to infield. Well, trying to take Josh Pearson, maybe move him into to second base or Brady Neal play three or four different positions. Um, you know, there's some of those same dynamics, you know, can the, the sophomore group of Ethan Fry and Brady and Paxton and Jared, you know, can they take their game up? You know, and, and I've had a lot of success with that second year guys making a, a big jump. You know, that'll be really important for us to, to be the team we want to be. I was reading uh, your interview online with uh, Koki Riley from The Advocate. And I, as a layman, I asked this question. Philosophy in moving someone like Josh Pearson, like you did Gavin, to second base, is that – something that like before fall ball that was an on paper idea or is it something you saw that he could play that position and be in your lineup regularly with that at bat yeah i think uh we did not do it at the outset um about a month into skill instruction fall practice uh, we started toying around with it and i was impressed with his aptitude um, I'm always impressed with Josh. Like, it yeah. seems like no matter what I put on his plate, uh, he can handle it. And, um, you know, he's – I haven't seen him, you know, for 45 or 50 days in terms of how some of his work on his own turned out. But knowing the worker he is, I expect him to be able to do that as best he can. And, and what it does is, for me, it's, it's going to do two things. It's going to probably allow him a better chance to be a professional prospect if he can do that. And then it, just like with Gavin, it might allow us the flexibility to get our best team on the field. And uh, it's certainly not a resolved situation right. at this point in time, but uh, we had some success with it in the fall when we tried it. When when you guys come back and start begin to start working out, what's the first thing you're looking for? Are you looking for who ate too much turkey over christmas but i mean seriously what what are the things that, that yeah. start practice and make you yeah. say okay we're good here or i don't think i make them run the six minute mile like coach bertman used to <laughs> uh yeah the old toughness thing <laughs> um now for us it's it's really being very clear on what our process of winning is going to be for this team and then once we've identified that then all of the training leading up to the season, if you were to call it our spring training, is geared around being fundamentally sound at those types of things. And there's things you need to do from the mound, on defense, from the batter's box, and on the bases, and just in general as a team. So we'll always evaluate where we're at based on what we believe our process is. And a lot of it is the same, you know, because baseball doesn't change a ton. Um, but your people change, and sometimes your needs are a little bit different so we feel like we have a good plan, and uh, I'm excited uh, to get into that with them starting next Monday. Well, again, uh, as Coach said, uh, what, what, what polls and, and what ranking doesn't impact this team, doesn't impact what they'll do on the field. Uh, but for us, the fans and uh, broadcasters, it's fun to say that once again, LSU – uh, a consensus top five, and I know there's a ton of different baseball polls, but uh, certainly gearing up to be in another exciting year, to say the very least. And, Coach, before we let you go, I know it all starts on February 16th. 
which again, just to remind them, not you, it's it's coming quickly. Uh, but it's going to be a great weekend. Um, four games, LSU will uh, be taking on VMI to open on Friday night, or Friday afternoon, that's what I was getting to, uh, and then Central Arkansas, which uh, obviously your buddy, um, as you said, you, you guys played last year, and you said, we'll see how this goes, and we'll see if yeah. we schedule it again. <laughs> so the good news is that uh, you're going to see Central Arkansas again this season. Uh, but it's an afternoon game, and, and I know – um, you're going to be start to see a lot of information come out over the next couple of weeks about making it kind of a tradition. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, LSU baseball, people set their calendars in advance, way in advance uh, for baseball. And this is going to be another way to kind of signify and celebrate LSU baseball with a day game at the box. And uh, no I, one's ex- working that day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody's yeah. working anyway. So, uh, but anyway, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I might need to get something passed in the state that everybody gets the afternoon off. Sounds good. On the sixteenth, if they're coming to the box. So there's a special session in the legislature. <laughs> oh, yeah. So maybe we can get that on the agenda you in know the next what? couple of days. I, I'll sign off for everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, you know, it was great last year. And what we wanted to do is just the weather is so back and forth, and the fact that we have multiple teams here. It's important to me that we get our games in and our fans get the chance to see our team play. So it made sense to you know, play the first game of each day to ensure that we give ourselves the best chance to get those those four home games in to get started. And again, as I said, you're going to be hearing coming up, uh, leading up to first pitch, uh, a ton of activities. It's going to be a great day to be at the box, not only because LSU's uh, taking the field to play baseball, but they're, they're planning a great celebration. Um, and um, I think everybody will be there. I don't doubt that one bit. Um, and again, it'll be 2 o'clock on Friday, one o'clock against Central Arkansas on Saturday, one o'clock against VMI again on Sunday, and then on Monday, two o'clock against Central Arkansas. And uh, coach, excited. I, I, I run into fans a lot, and they all they they let me know how close baseball season is coming. As much as they enjoyed the football season, yeah. as much as <laughs> basketball is in full swing yeah. and they're behind it a hundred percent, it's just something about LSU baseball. They're ready to to see the guys take the field. Yeah, and and what's cool about that is I think as coaches here, it's it's an honor to coach here, and like we're all supporting each other. I texted Coach McMahon the other night after that big win at Texas A and M, and he shot me a text back at like two thirty in the morning. <laughs> so I was like, man, he's already watching game film for Vanderbilt. Well, tonight. You, you'll love to know this. We actually <laughs> yeah. we left the game, uh, got to the airport what around ten forty five. Yeah, and then uh, had a uh, had a issue with the plane. Okay, so we sat on the bus for almost two hours. Hour and a half had to be at least. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, not that's exactly. Why, that's why our coach was probably just getting to yep. the house uh, when he said that. Not exactly sure how you stop a fuel leak on a plane, but yeah, uh, yeah. somehow we got home. Uh, we did get home, but coach, it's always great to visit with you. Look forward to working with you again this season, and uh, can't wait to see the Tigers take the field. And, and again, congratulations on yeah. all the success and continued success moving forward. Awesome, thank you guys. All right, fans, that'll wrap up this week's play-by-play. It's been an honor to have Coach Jay Johnson join us. And, uh, again, don't forget, February 16th, 2 o'clock, LSU VMI opening day at the box. So, uh, for Harrison Valentine, who's pushing all the buttons, the illustrious Kent Lowe, and national champion coach Jay Johnson, this is Chris Blair. Join us again next week for another edition of Play-by-Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. Until then, so long, everybody, and go Tigers! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.